Top of the morning, yo. Dawn and Steve are awake and so are you. And they want to hear from you today. 800-555-7898 is the number to call. And to get your hands on the Devo, it's the same number. Just text D-E-V-O to 800-555-7898. You know, Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. That's true. And as you look at the headlines of today, it seems so immediate and so acute as different things have been happening across our nation and world. And then you go to scriptures and you you see this congruency, like because the sin of man, and it's hard to remember when you're experiencing it in real time that we have seen these patterns of behavior all throughout the known creation. Uh, and But it's still so very disturbing. And yeah. I think about these people that have been through things prior to us, you know, whether it be centuries or thousands of years ago, or even just a, a generation before me. And I think, man, that was so real for them. It, it was so real as they experienced battle or an onset of an attack and now we know how they felt as we see different things going on, in particular, a parade, a rally happening after the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl and shots fired into that crowd. Yeah. One confirmed losing their life and 21 injured and being treated at a hospital. And a bunch of those kids. I it's can't. Just, your heart I breaks for those can't. families. So very difficult. Then we realize that our friends in Las Cruces have been dealing with an officer down, as well as Nashville, an officer down. And so uh, these things are so heartbreaking. And as Christ followers, to know where our strength comes from is so critically important. But it's also critically important that we grieve together, lament together, and walk through these different emotions as a community. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad you said lament, because I think that's one thing that I never learned to do very well. And maybe it's the church I grew up in or attended. I don't know. But for whatever reason, lament was not a thing that we talked about very much. It was just, a, well, we know God is sovereign and he is in control, which is true. And he can redeem any situation, which is true. But man, he gives a whole book of the Bible having to deal with how we lament. You know, the whole book of Lamentations all about that. And lament is something that comes up in the Psalms over and over and over again. And so taking the time to lament, to grieve, I think is one of those things that we need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be a situation like the parade yesterday and the shooting there and a, a national thing like that, a regional thing, or just simply when we're walking through really hard times in our own lives to be able to lament if there was sin that happened that has caused, you know, struggle and pain down the road. We can lament the fact that that sin happened and now we're having to deal with that struggle and that pain. Right. But I think the other thing is learning to not stay stuck there. Give it time to be in lament. Give it time to grieve and let those emotions kind of run through us and process those and all, all of that. And then eventually, yeah, we remind ourselves of what is right and what is true, and God is sovereign. But I think if we short-circuit that, mm-hmm. and we don't take the time to lament, sometimes we're going to end up dealing with those pain uh, points for years and years and years and years because we never took the time to, to grieve in the midst of the struggle.
adding to the then grief with a whole lot of other things that that bottled up stuff will do. I, I wonder because you were saying give it time and the the breath almost that it needs. It needs to breathe a little bit. Yeah. And it's so funny that we're afraid of emotion. And for decades, it seems that we were taught even within the church to stuff that down. And you bring up lamentations and how we have the whole book. But I, too, was raised with, OK, we do know God is having. Now, I wonder if it's just because it's so uncomfortable to grieve. It is so difficult. It hurts. Yeah. It, it, uh, Phil Herndon will point out every word that we use to describe emotional pain has a, a proximity to something that's a physical pain. Like my heart felt like it broke into a million pieces. It, it, you can look at a shattered piece of glass yeah. and you see that. It Just all of that imagery that's how painful it is. And so to ignore that seems to be a little bit easier maybe in the moment. And yet you do cause yourself problems down the road. And the Lord knows this about us. He created us. He gave yeah. us those emotions. So to work through them, I'm thankful, though, that now as the church, a lot of times we're looking at these things. I think we're still a bit unnerved by sure. going there because we have been taught to, you know, step it down. You're OK. Let's go. Um, we can trust God. It, I mean, and all yes. those things. Yes, yes, we can trust it is, God. That's a true statement. Yeah, and yet, and yet, no, exactly right. And so, whatever headlines you're waking up and seeing this morning, whether it be the parade in Kansas City yesterday, the shooting in Las Cruces or Nashville, or whatever's going on in your community or in your personal life, hope you'll take the time to lament if you need to do that today, to grieve, to cry. You need to do that. And then also remind ourselves of what is true as we have given that some space and some time to breathe. But we want to go to truth. And we find truth in the Word of God this morning. Looks like you're taking us to the book of First Thessalonians. Let's go. First Thessalonians 3, verse 12. We're also going to see a part of First Thessalonians 4, verse 9. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Seems they were getting it right in Thessalonica. And God is love. We know from 1 John 4, 16, that's what the Word of God tells us. And His very nature is perfection when it comes to love. Perfect love. And because of sin... Love doesn't always come so freely. It doesn't come naturally to you and me, his kids. And you may have even been raised at a home like we were talking about where love was not expressed. Perhaps you were hurt by someone that you loved. I think we can all say amen to that. And your heart, it does become hardened because that's our defense against further pain. And you may love others, but really not know how to express your love in words or actions, we learn this stuff. It, it becomes part of our DNA, if you will, in the way we respond. The good news is we can't necessarily change our real DNA, but we can relearn some things and not be so frustrated because God has truly called us into love. His love is perfect, as we recall, and we are His children if we're in relationship with Him. But we don't understand how to love when that's something that we have learned 
not to do. So Paul was writing to the Christians there in Thessalonica, and he was encouraging them not to become disheartened. They were learning to love one another. There's that learning process again. First Thessalonians 3, 7 is talking about that. They didn't need Paul to explain to them how to love because God himself would teach them how to love one another. They did have to listen, you and I, we have to listen to what the word says, and God would give them his perfect love as they followed him, as they obeyed. And he would cause that love to multiply. And if they found someone who was difficult to love, yeah, does a, does a face kind of pop into your name right away? God would enable them to love through his Holy Spirit. God, in his grace, has made provision for our human weaknesses and he's prepared to teach us. He will teach us how to love one another. There are no exceptions. God can teach us to love even that especially difficult person. I think the big question is, are we willing? Are we able to identify that struggle with that one person, maybe those couple folks? God will help you. He's going to enable you to love your parents, love your spouse, your children, your friends, even the enemy, your enemy. He can teach you to love in a deeper way than you will ever love them on your own. And if you don't know how to express that love in a meaningful way, God can even teach you that. God is the authority on love. And as you relate to others, ask God, make your love known to me, make your love overflow to me, and overflow right through my life to others. Teach me to love. What a prayer that we can ask of the Lord today. And he will answer that prayer because that is in his very nature. Uh, I was just thinking a little bit more about all the tragedy that happens. Seriously, when you come in in the morning just to see what happens overnight and you see all the headlines, honestly, you go through the headline. And I get through a couple different news sources and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's sobering and can be kind of depressing if you read that. It's so depressing. It, it, and it's real life. So I'm not discounting or taking away, but you just start to feel that heaviness. And I choose that I kind of look at this stuff once a day. And then if I hear something, I'll go track it down. And yet I kind of wait until the next day to inundate myself with a few more headlines. Because then not only do you have the headlines and the families that have been impacted by the shooting that happened in Kansas uh for the Kansas City Chiefs and the yep. parade and rally or in Las Cruces. We know that we lost an officer in Nashville. We recently lost an officer. And then you just said D.C. Yeah, three officers shot in D.C. yesterday. Now they're all going to survive, it looks like. But they were there to serve a warrant. And the guy that they were going to serve this warrant to decided he was going to open fire as they tried to do that. So, yeah, I think we just see the effect of living in this sinful fallen world mm -hmm. where people because of sin, are in pain, and they lash out, and they're hurting, and they want others to hurt for some reason. They are effective yeah. in sharing that hurt. And I wonder, as I look back in my upbringing, and I don't fault like my parents. They, they did the best they could. They did what they knew and how their parents raised them. It is interesting how, though, Many of the things that we've experienced in our growing up years, no matter how old you are, that 
impacts the way you deal with things emotionally, physically. Sometimes you might just deflect automatically and say, I, I, as EJ Gaines says, his wife will say, I have no pockets for that. Right. Right. You, you just don't know where to put that emotionally. So you kind of put it back on the shelf and say, that's not for me to deal with. And that's fair because there are some things that we don't need to take on personally. And then there are other things that we definitely need to enter into that grief process, that uh, lament process, mm-hmm. as we talked about a few moments ago. And and as I look at the word and then maybe some of my coping skills, I think, okay, wait, these two don't jive necessarily. I I was taught, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's, you're strong. God's going to help you go. And then I see the psalmist and... Yeah. Um, the person who wrote Lamentations, crying out to God right. with the sorrow. Yeah. And I think there's that tension because I, I can understand why we have as a society have kind of swung towards the, okay, we're not going to do the pull yourself up by your bootstraps right now because that causes an effect on culture and people in society. And then we've kind of shifted towards this, well, we're going to coddle and now we have kids who are not resilient. Can't do that. I, I right. think of Kathy Cook and her latest book, yes. all about raising resilient kids. We uh-huh. need them to learn how to function in this messed up sinful world. Mm-hmm. Need to have resiliency. But the tension of living between those two things and in that, I think, is kind of where the struggle is. And I, I think that's, as we're talking about this, where I'm realizing we really, I think, need to spend time in lament. Because I think that helps us process those feelings, those emotions, and be able to honestly grieve mm-hmm. and get some of that that out, and then not stay stuck, and not you know become super weak, vulnerable, brittle, but have some resiliency mm-hmm. as we feel those feelings and move through those feelings. Mm-hmm. And giving voice to those is oftentimes. Part it's of that huge. process. It is so huge. If you think about something in your life that you have never talked about or you don't ever want to talk about because it's just too hard, and it might bring a little reality to it. I know some of the things that I've talked about through these last three years, I, in the beginning, was like, I can't even force these words out of my mouth. It, it, no, it, it's buried too deeply. Let's just not go there. It'll be fine. And yet, as the Lord would meet me in that place, yeah. And allow me to have the strength to share that in a safe space, as we say, like with a counselor. It gave it kind of the wings to go on out of here, if you want to look at it with a a metaphor. And it was very helpful because then it no longer had a residency in my life. And I never would have understood that had the Lord not been working that out through me and reminding me of verses like what you find in Psalm 147. Yeah. Should we read just a few of these verses? Yes. All right. Well, let's come back and do that in just a few moments. If you need a passage of Scripture this morning because you're walking through a hard season, we've got one for you coming up in just a little bit. And uh, really, it begins with what Brandon Lake is singing about right now. The fact that, yeah, whether things are going well or things are a mess and painful right now, we can praise the Lord. 
Yes, do so as we grieve and look at the things that are happening nationally, internationally, and it could be a headline that caught your eye or it could be something you're going through. You know, we talk about a lot of fun things, and I love that national calendar and the different foods and uh, my whole um, thing that started the chocolate that I was joking with you two about for yesterday was because of a picture I saw getting ready to celebrate Valentine's Day. And and I love that stuff. The world is heavy and lightheartedness has its place. And then so does grieving together yeah. and lamenting and looking to scriptures as to how we deal with this stuff, whether it be in our own lives or uh, um, nationally, internationally. Because if we don't deal with it, it gets super heavy. We pack it down in all these different places that are kind of, um, you might think, just it, since they're not concrete, you can't hold them, touch them, move them. That they don't exist, but oh, they do, and yeah. they impact a lot. Excuse me, of the way we react then to one another and our own sin. Yeah. So, what does Scripture say? And one thing that we wanted to look at this morning was Psalm one forty seven, which says, "Praise the Lord! How good it is to sing praises to our God! How pleasant and fitting to praise Him! The Lord builds up Jerusalem." He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of stars and calls each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble, but casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds and supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Extol the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise your God, Zion. He strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheat. He sends his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He spreads the snow like wool and scatters the frost like ashes. He hurls down his hail like pebbles. Who can withstand his icy blast? He sends his word and melts them. He stirs up his breezes and the waters flow. He has revealed his word to Jacob, his laws and decrees to Israel. He has done this for no other nation. They do not know his laws. Praise the Lord. The promises that he's given to Israel, and of course, as we have relationship with him grafted into the family as Gentiles, and learning a whole lot about that in the book of Acts, but how beautiful you see his sovereignty, you yeah. see his goodness, his kindness, and his personal connection to his kids and that's who he is he's abba and father and we can trust his character even as these things are happening on this side of eternity because this is so temporary yeah i think it makes sense even though we just kick against it so much that it's not going to be perfect here it never will so if it's not then what do we do with that how do we navigate accomplish what God wants to do in us and through us to bring him glory and others to the Lord. And then we do go home where it is everything that we desire. 
it starts with that relationship with the Lord Jesus and knowing that a hundred percent, knowing that you can do that. Well, you can go to our website to find out more about that relationship with Jesus. Our website is mymoodyradio.org, the top right-hand corner. There's a link there that says How to Know Christ. Again, that's at mymoodyradio.org and How to Know Christ. Sabrina, thank you for your text and you going through the loss of your husband years ago, a few years ago, and just the Psalms that brought you comfort and taught you that it's okay to grieve. Yeah. That to me was probably the most surprising thing. And I grew up in the church. I grew up with a Bible in my hand. I, you know, didn't always study it. It wasn't a thing back then necessarily, other than you'd read your Bible, but to study it and pull it apart. And and here, okay, since I'm talking about, Mary, you said thanks for your can- candidness in your openness day. I just realized today, Steve, I've never read start to finish through the book of Acts that I can recall. Okay. Now we've studied it in like a class or something and taken it apart verse by verse and things like that. But I've never sat down my personal self that I, again, that I recall because as I'm working through it, I'm thinking, huh, I don't remember that. Now I will, we can chalk some off uh, to forgetfulness, but for the most part, that story reads like a novel. Oh, it is. In Paul's life and how God brought about the New Testament church and Paul, who we revere so greatly as a stalwart of the faith, what he endured because he had persecuted the Christians. And then Jesus called him personally and said, all right, dude, you're taking my gospel. You're going to teach me and take even to the Gentiles, but you're going to pay the price for bringing the gospel to the people. Yeah. You're going to suffer for my name's sake. Wow. Yeah. That I, is not living your best life now. Necessary. It is and it isn't. You know what I'm saying? I, I do. Because, in Western culture. You know, in Western culture, in much of the Christian church today, the message is if you are walking closely with God, you can experience blessing. And there is an element of biblical principle to oh, yes. that, right? Mm-hmm. When we walk according to the ways of Scripture, God does often choose to to bless that obedience. And we keep ourselves just naturally when we walk that way from the effect and the penalty of certain sin. Right. And he says if we walk in disobedience, in a sense we're bringing curses upon ourselves. But at the same time, when we live all out for Christ like Paul did, when we put the gospel front and center in front of everything, we ought to expect persecution. Yes. We ought to expect to be thought of as the weirdos, the extremes, the the people who, man, you you guys are those Jesus freaks. Like, yeah, we, we ought to expect that. You look at the Beatitudes. You live out the Beatitudes, the result is persecution. You look at the life of Paul, the result is persecution. You look at the life of all the other apostles and disciples, persecution, all of them were martyred except for John. Mm-hmm. You know, but... Right now, I think if you were to ask any one of them, was it worth it? Oh. 100%. Yes. Absolutely worth it. And to share the love of Christ, they were so bold to do. Yeah. And that's how we're to be known by our love as we live out the Beatitudes, as we live out what is in Scripture. Amazing. It is. Well, we're glad that you're with us this morning, and you're always welcome to join the conversation. Feel free to text in 800-555-7898.